What a great message that uh, we're able to encounter God and experience God in such a way that we can let go. We can let go of our past. We can let go of the stuff that's been pulling us down for years. We can let go of defective character traits. And we can let God do what God does. Well, I want to make sure that uh, you received a program today because inside there was an insert. And that insert is this week's assignments regarding or related to the reading that you guys continue to do in your small groups. So be sure that you leave with one of those today. It has been a remarkable week. And for those of you that have done so much life work, all I can say to you is congratulations. Way to go. And I want to say keep on keeping on because it gets even better. Uh, What we've been doing up to this point has been kind of that painful, probing, uh, backward look at why is it that we are who we are and we do what we do and we've become what we've become. And uh, we literally, for those of you that are new to what we're doing right now, uh, many of us this past week took a sheet of paper and took an inventory of stuff from our past that stands between us and God and leaves us in a broken place. And we offer that up to Him and confessed it to Him. And many of us took it to another level and confessed it to another trusted person. Took a risk. Because we uh, believe the promise that said uh, when you confess your sins to one another and you pray for one another, you can be healed. So are you hanging in there? you panting just a little bit? I know some of you haven't quite gotten to the place that uh, we're actually standing in today because we're about to go and look at the next step. And I, I realize that some of you have not quite finished this past week. And I would just say to you, don't worry about that. Just keep on doing what you're doing and finish it as you can finish it. Some of you are saying, well, you know what? I kind of dropped out of the loop here two or three weeks ago. Friend, we are just barely over the halfway point. Let me plead with you. Jump back in. You go, but Scott, I missed two group meetings in a row. I'm two chapters behind. Jump back in in. Please. Now, I've been around here for a while, and I've seen God do things in various seasons. And I've seen other seasons where it looked like not a whole lot was going on. Friends, this is one of those special seasons. And if you're not experiencing God in that kind of way, I'm just pleading with you. Get in on it. And if you're a little bit weary because you've done a significant amount of life work to this point, and you're like, I'm with it, but man, I'm kind of ready for a little breather. Can I have a break this week? No. (laughs) Don't do it. Because uh, some of all the work that you've been doing is about to have some payoff time. And so keep leaning into the Lord. Keep letting go. And leaning into the Lord and let Him do what He's purposing to do in you and for you. And then ultimately through you. Well, getting into today, today's step is making changes. Last week's step was coming clean. 
It was a matter of identifying a whole bunch of stuff and, and holding that up before the Lord for the Lord to do something with it. That's all we did was make the list and give it to Him. Now, we began some steps of Him changing us, of Him transforming us. And it, even as I say that, I know that there is a little bit of a spirit with some. Of, I, I sure am glad that this is meaning, meaningful for you. I cannot believe how screwed up some people are. And I'm glad all this is working for them. <laughs> Friends, and I, I say this to you with love in my heart. That's a spirit of Phariseeism. And I want us to begin as we get into this step today with a reading from Luke 18, because Jesus was so concerned about this very kind of attitude and spirit that He point-blank addressed it in Luke 18, because He said to some who were confident of their own righteousness, Jesus told him this parable. He said, two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I'm not as screwed up as all these other people. I'm so thankful that I'm not an alcoholic, that I've never done drugs, that I haven't been an adulterer, that I haven't gotten entangled in all kinds of triangles and so on. Oh God, thank you that I'm not a robber, an evildoer, an adulterer like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tithe. I attend Sunday. I go to Mike's. I'm involved in a small group. I'm reading Life's Healing Choices even though I don't want to. God, I do all these things. Verse 13, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven. But he beat his breast and he said, oh God, have mercy on me. A sinner. Jesus said, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. I want to tell you, when I first started preparing for ministry, and studying scripture, and studying church history, and I would come in history upon these characters referred to as the church fathers. And these were ancient men who took the faith so seriously and took sin so seriously that they uh, labored before God to examine their hearts and confess their sins and be clean before the Lord. Some of them took it to such a point that they went out into a desert. They would go out into a lonely place where there would be absolutely no other kind of distraction. And there they would just continue to pour out their heart and open their heart and confess their sin. And, you know, I would look at that history... And I would say, I don't get that. I'm reading the Bible better than I've ever read it. I'm praying better than I've ever prayed. I'm more connected with God than I've ever been. I feel pretty good about my life. And what's with these ancient dudes that would go out on the backside of nowhere? And the longer that I have done this, the more that I get it. Because, friend, the closer you get to God, the more brilliant the light, the more brilliant the light, 
the more obvious the dark places in me. And with love in my heart, friend, I'm saying, if you are at one of those points where you're going, I'm so glad this is meaningful to some of them. Oh, God. Lean into Him and allow the brilliance to cast light on your heart. Well, today's step is about making changes. How are we going to get there? What's involved? What's it look like? I love the story that Max Lucado, some of you read him, he's a great author and pastor. He tells a story about when one of his daughters was young and he took her to the park and they were out playing on the swings and the slide and they heard, you know, the familiar sound of an ice cream truck coming by. And so he asked a ridiculous question, honey, would you like some ice cream? And it was, oh, yes, 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 daddy. And so he said, well, just keep having fun. I'll go over and get you some ice cream and I'll be right back. So he goes just a few feet away to where the truck is and she continues to swing and play. And he gets her some ice cream, and as he's coming back, and she sees him coming back, she leaps out of the swing, and she doesn't, you know, get her feet totally under her as she's trying to race over to her ice cream. And she absolutely does a face plant in dirt and mud and sand and grass. And she comes up looking like this awful, awful, messy thing. And she's crying a little bit, and, you know, she, you don't want to feel this way and look this way. And dad has the ice cream in his hand. And so what do you do? So he said, well, come, let's go get cleaned up. And so he delayed giving her the treat, the ice cream slash blessing. Because he loved her so much, he was not going to leave her in her current messy So they go to the restroom and he washes her face and washes her hands and washes her arms and cleans her up enough so that she can now enjoy the ice cream, the blessing. Friends, God loves you too much to leave you in your messy life. There's all kinds of blessing. There's all kinds of treat, if you want to call it that, that God is so ready in His hand, to give to you, to bless you with, to bestow upon you. But He loves you so much, He is going to go about the work of cleaning you up before He gives you these things He wants you to have. So don't give up the process. Don't take a break. Don't take a breather. Don't say you need some time off. Keep Letting go and leaning into God and allow Him to fulfill this cleaning, cleansing thing in you. Making changes so that He can bless you the way He wants to bless you. Now here's the fact of the matter. There is a battle going on for your life. And the battle is primarily between you and God. Because you see, as the sovereign creator, Lord of life, He has all rights to you. 
whether you want to acknowledge that or not. He has all rights to you. But there is a broken piece in all of us that comes from the fall where we we just kind of want to control it ourselves. We want to run the show ourselves. And even though we may be at a point today where we understand God to be this blessing Father who wants to only uh, clean us up and give us good things, we still want to have a little bit of control. And so here's the point. If we surrender to God, we win. If we surrender to Him, we win. It's not like, oh, I guess I'll let God win. You win. Because the greatest thing that can happen for your life is to have a full engagement, a full relationship with the Creator and Lover of your soul. And so when you surrender to Him, you have victory. And I want us to talk a little bit about that. Because this is the way Jesus put it in the Beatitudes on the Sermon on the Mount. He said, you are on that path to happiness. You are gaining that reasonably happy life that can happen in this world, in this time, when your greatest desire is to do what God requires. The older version says, blessed are you when you hunger and thirst for righteousness. When your greatest desire is to do what God wants. Matthew 5, 6. So, here's what victory looks like. I was not going to do an acrostic today, and many of you begged me. (laughs) And so, one more. We'll talk about what it looks like to have the blessing of God and the victory of His sovereign rule over us by using that word victory. And the V stands for voluntarily submit. Voluntarily submit. Now, when we were a couple of weeks ago looking at choice number three, will you turn your life over to God? You know, that actually is a command. God commands us to bend the knee, confess with the tongue, follow Him as Lord, but He does not make us. It was a choice. And it's the same thing with today's action. This matter of making a change, uh, of doing an entire inventory. I mean, he, he mandates, He calls, He commands for all of that. Examine your life. Know your, your frailty and your weakness and your sin and your proclivities and confess that and give it. He commands it, but He does not make you do it. Nobody in this room has a twisted arm. Unless you've got a codependent spouse who's like tweaking you and working you online. God didn't twist it. Voluntarily submit. How are you choosing these days? Letting go? Turning it over? Allowing Him to sit on the throne of your life? The I stands for then, identify those character defects. You've been doing that. Some of you are still in the process. But here's how we talked about it last week. We said, it's like a business. Your, Your life is like a business, and you've been the owner and the CEO, and now you're turning that over to him. He's the new owner. He's the new CEO. So we went into the storefront, 
into the showroom, we looked at all the product that was on all the shelves. We found a whole lot of resentment. We began to identify what all those were, take inventory of those. And then we went into the office and we saw all these files. The files were filled with all kinds of fears. And we identified all those things took inventory of that. Then Jesus said, hey, one more, let's go into the back room. And so we went into that storeroom, and there again, uh, ceiling to floor, filled with all kinds of shame, all kinds of guilt. We identified what all... We took an inventory. You've been taking an inventory. Now, what are you going to do with that inventory? You're going to begin to allow Him to remove those character defects. Take them off the shelves, out of the files. And let's say you came up with a list of 20. Well, you probably can't address all 20 of them today or even this week. And so, pick one, pick two. And began allowing him to remove, voluntarily submit to his removing those from those shelves. Now you confessed these sins to God and to someone else, praying with them with the promise that you would be healed. You go through all of that so you can be healed. Because these things make us sick. And as you're beginning to decide, okay, I, I need to address this one. Proverbs 16.9 says, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. The Lord's going to show you. Let's, let's deal with this one. Now let's deal with this one. Now let's deal with this one. You know, the old proverb, how to eat an elephant one bite at a time. You're not going to be able to engorge that whole thing. You will have to do a little bit at a time, and God's going to lead you. God's going to uh, help you to identify which ones you're going to work on immediately and this week. The C in victory stands for change your mind. That is to say, the Scriptures call for us to begin to change the way we think about everything. The way we think about God, the way we think about ourselves, the way we think about other people, the way we think about this world. Paul admonished us in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, don't have your thinking conform to the thinking of this world. Rather, have your thinking transformed by God, who will renew your mind. You go, well, okay, so what's that all about? Let me just give you a preview of coming attractions. God is not looking for a new and improved you. God is looking for a new and Christ-like you. He's not about tweaking your life a little bit. He's about transforming your life. And so, preview of coming attractions. Here's what's, ha here's what's coming down the road. God is going to be saying to you as owner of your business, Slash life, I want you to be selfless. I want you to think constantly and consistently about others before yourself. That's a whole new way of thinking, friend. Particularly if you've been a self-centered kind of sick. I got all these problems. It's, it's about me figuring it out and I'll think about others later. 
It's a whole new way of thinking. He's going to say, I want you to be a servant. This is not going to be about how you get your needs met. This is going to be about how I use you to care for other people and address their needs. He's going to say, you know what, I want you to be sacrificial. I'm going to give you some blessings. I'm going to give you some good gifts. But a whole lot of that I don't even want you to hang on to. I want you to let go of things. I want you to think about the benefit of others and pour out your life on their behalf. Is that different from the way our culture thinks? He's going to say, I want you to be patient. I want you to be long-suffering with those that are so difficult to be around. And you go, well, gosh, what about me? You know, how am I going to get my needs met if I'm constantly selfless and servanthood and sacrificial and all? I mean, that's a lot of life work. I don't even know if I want to do that. That's why we need our thinking changed. Change your mind. And it's part of the process with God. As you voluntarily submit to Him and you identify these things that He's going to remove from your life, He will begin to transform the way you think about those things and other things and all of life. I'm talking about making changes, friends. This is a big deal. Then he says, T, turn over your defects to God. Turn over your defects to God. Now, that defect that has been a plague and bothersome to you, here, I want you to have it, God. We don't have a whole lot of challenge sometimes with those kinds of things. We really, really, really want Him to do it. Now, that, that's not to say it's easy. It's just to say we want to get rid of it. But there's some other things that are character defects. They're sin that stand between you and, me, and, and God. We don't necessarily want to get rid of those things. So here's the deal. Character defects are anything that keep you from being connected to God. Anything that keeps you from being connected to God. Anything that keeps you from becoming a man of God. A woman of God. Anything. That gets in the way of that. The idea, friend, is not to, well, I, I just want to stop drinking so much, or I want to stop working so much, or I want to stop eating so much, or I want to stop this habit, or I want to stop that hanging. The goal is to be close to God. Not just to get rid of junk. The goal is to be close, intimate, tight, connected with God. And so that's why I am going to voluntarily submit to identifying and turning over to Him all my character defects. And I'll do it one day at a time. I can't do more than what I can do today. Have you ever noticed how God works a day at a time? When uh, Jesus taught us how to pray. He says, give us this day our daily bread. 
God doesn't give you a week's worth of daily bread. A month's worth. He does not give you a year's worth of daily bread. He doesn't give you a lifetime's worth of daily bread. He gives you daily, daily bread. Same thing happened out in the wilderness thousands of years ago when God was leading his people through the desert to the promised land. They get manna, bread from heaven, for today. God will give you grace. God will give you his power. God will give you his uh, courage to do what you need to do about your stuff today. But how am I going to do this all week, all month, all the rest of my you, Don't go there. You're going to do it today. Uh, Keith Miller, who has uh, written a lot of helpful things for believers and uh, wrote A Hunger for Healing, which is one of the most helpful books I've ever looked at, um, has been a very successful author and has made a lot of money being an author. Um, but he confesses. One of his character defects is an obsessive fear about money. And when he did this entire process that you have been engaged in, it took him all the way back to a memory when he was about five or six years of age, and he had come in on an, uh, a rather intense conversation that his mother and father were having with each other. His father had been a very successful businessman and had accumulated a significant amount of wealth. And uh, Miller says he, he had snuck in on this conversation between mom and dad. He was actually standing and kind of crouching behind this big winged back chair that his dad was sitting in. And his mother was over here and they were talking. And so he's kind of hiding there playfully and uh, overhearing his dad with very intense tones that later turned into just body-shaking sobs tell his wife how they had just lost all of their wealth. It was a great depression. And Miller said later as an adult, when he began to look back on that, he began to understand that that had such a profound and powerful impact upon him that he had an obsessive fear about money and losing it. And so here he is, one of the more successful authors in America who makes way more money than most of us in this room and has way more wealth than a lot of us. And he is obsessively fearful about losing it. And so he came to a point where he understood, he identified this defect, voluntarily submitted to God to remove it. He began to change his thinking around that, to turn that over to God. Now, that defect had actually, in a roundabout way, worked for him. Because he was so fearful of losing wealth, he was incredibly good at making wealth. Do you understand what I'm saying? That defect had been working for him, as far as our world is concerned. Because he was able to accumulate more and accumulate more and accumulate more. But it was standing between him and God. And so he voluntarily submitted and gave that defect, asked God to remove that obsessive fear about wealth from him. And he had to go about that a day at a time. Then I'll say to you that the R in victory stands for 
Recovery is a process. It's a process. It takes time. Uh, that means that what we're looking for is progress and not perfection. And so here's the deal. Are you more loving today than you were a year ago? Are you more quick to forgive when you're wronged than you were a few months ago? Are you more likely to extend grace, to be generous, to have compassion than you were some time ago? It's progress. Are you more like Jesus today than yesterday? That's what recovery looks like. And then finally, I would say to you, because he's going to complete the good work that he's begun in you. This all comes back to your choice. You must choose change. You must choose change. Making changes is about voluntarily submitting to every change that God wants to make in my life. And then humbly asking Him to remove all those character defects. That involves at least two significant pieces. One, are you ready? As I alluded a moment ago, there's some things we are so ready. Oh God, please, I, I want you, I want you, I want you to remove this from my life. But then there's some others we're not so ready. There's some others that we kind of like hanging on to them. They kind of work for us in a weird kind of way. But they stand between you and God. Will you get ready to allow Him to remove all? And that's the second piece. He's looking to remove all, every defect, every sin, every broken, busted piece, remove out of your life. It's your choice. I'll close with this. Several years ago, when my children were small, we had gone to a swimming pool. And we were playing in the water, having a great time. And they were just getting to that age where they were doing the adventuresome stuff, you know, jumping off the side of the pool and then wanting to jump off the diving board and whatever. So they wanted to go off the board for a while. So we go down to the deep end, and they're jumping off the board, and they're trying to flip off the board, and they're, you know, smacking the water and, you know, all kinds of fun stuff. And uh, so I'm hanging out in the deep end with them to be close in case, you know, something happens. And I had gone out there with a beach ball, and for a while, I just kind of, you know, leaned on the beach ball and watched them do their thing. And then I got to a point where I took the beach ball and I put it under my bottom. And I actually sat on top of the water. It just looked like I was sitting on the water because I had the beach ball totally submerged. And uh, I was just kind of watching all this thing happen. But, you know, if, if you done that, it takes a little little balance, a little effort to, to do that. And after a while, uh, you get a little tired, you get a little distracted, and you kind of lose your center of gravity. And that beach ball will move out from under you and... <laughs> shoot up in the air. Uh, probably shoots higher for some than others, uh, <laughs> depending on the weight. This one went way. So, you know, a few minutes later when it came back down, <laughs> I took it and put it back, you know, and I'm sitting there and I'm doing that on and off for a few times. 
Um, and then they got tired of going off the board and we went back to the shallow end and all that. Friends, our character defects are like that beach ball. You can take your anger, your disappointment, your discouragement, your depression, and you can sit on those things and hold them underwater and you're, you know, with people, you're with family, you're with work associates, you're circulating in the normal world, and, you know, it kind of looks like you got it together. And then there's just this little shift of gravity in your life, and whew, that junk pops right up. And you were just, you know, like anybody else, and suddenly you are raging. You're driving down the road just like anybody else, and somebody cuts you off, and suddenly you are inflamed. Are you just minding your own business, and... You know, you're tending to some work here and there and, and somebody walks in and suddenly you, the lust meter goes crazy in you. Or you're looking at your accounts and your fears about your finances suddenly possess you. Whew, whew, this stuff just keeps popping up. And you're looking at that and you're going, oh man, that's ugly. And you try to put it back down there and you hold that down for... Years. And you play that game. Pop up, put it back. Pop up, put it back. And what we're talking about right now is saying, God, this is not about me playing a game. This is not about me being on top of it more times than I'm not. This is not about me trying to just do the best with the control that I can manage. This is about saying, God, here... Give him the ball and allow him to remove the air out of it. The defects, the sin, the broken stuff. Allow him to take it and then begin to make changes in you. That's what we're talking about. Bow together with me. Let's pray. So, Father, in the room, hearts, thoughts are all over the spectrum. Some so inclined in your direction, some kind of leaning in the other direction. I just pray for your spirit to be mighty in our midst right now. That your spirit would convict and convince us what's true, what's right. What's good? What's godly? And Lord, give us a heart for that. For you. In Jesus' name, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.